Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm Kat and I'm Emma and thank you for joining us once again on the Dead Parent Club podcast. Each week we're going to be talking about what it's like to be members of the Dead Parent Club, chatting to brilliant guests about their grieving journeys and just trying to help you where we can really. We'll also be talking to people far more qualified than us like counsellors, professionals, solicitors, medical professionals, mindfulness coaches, all on the topic of grief and looking after yourself. So come on in, welcome to the Dead Parent Club. In this episode we're going to be talking about the aftermath. Sounds dramatic. Well, it is. (laughs) We'll be discussing what it's like when you've just lost a parent and how it affects your relationships with your friends, your family, and with yourself. Yeah, all the stuff, basically, that you can never preempt. We're going to be talking about how we felt and what came next in our grief journey. So, Kat, tell people how they can get in touch with us. So if you want to get involved in the conversation or just catch up on where we're at with the Dead Parent Club podcast, you can find us on social media at Dead Parent Club podcast on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Drop us an email at hello at deadparentclub.co.uk. You can indeed. We really want to hear from you. Um, And like we say, today we are going to be talking about the immediate aftermath of the death. So I imagine if you're sat there listening to this right now, you've immediately cast your mind back to the moment is exactly what you'll be thinking. That shudder. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Kat, what was it like for you? I know this is like, we're going a bit dark here because it's you have to go back to that place and you have to remember what it's like. So, you know what? Well, you know what? I think I'm talking for a lot of people in the Dead Parent Club here where those immediate days straight after are a freaking blur. Like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> is this real know. life? That was. That's... I'm really not sure. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what? I always tell the story and... I think, again, it's something that a lot of people resonate with was literally, it must have been about half an hour after my mum had died. So I'd integrated my year at uni and I'd applied for a job at Pandora, which is going to be opening in Lancaster, where I went to uni because I'd already paid for my accommodation. I had to stay there. So that was going to be the kind of situation for the next year. And I was due to go for training in Hanley for two weeks. And the start date was literally a few days after my mum had died. And I was still going to go. And looking back now, I'm like, oh, was that the right thing to do? I don't know. But um, but obviously during those two weeks was going to be my mum's funeral, inevitably. So half an hour after my mum died, I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to miss a day of training for my mum's funeral. Can I just say, <laughs> that might sound like the strangest thing ever, but yeah. your mind works in this weirdly rational yeah. way, doesn't it? In yeah. the immediate aftermath. What you're saying there hasn't shocked me at all. 
it's just so funny. Like people, I think before you lose somebody, you expect the days afterwards to be consumed by like just not being able to move. And I think, I think there's that kind of like, I don't know what the term for it is, but I think the same with grief is there is in like depression and other kind of mental illnesses where you can be really like kind of hyper active, like doing all the high time. High functioning. High functioning, that's it. Yeah, high, like high functioning grief. I think high functioning grief is such a thing. And then I also think you can have the people that do just, you know, completely shut down. And it just shows how everybody's different. But yeah, literally about half an hour after I was like, oh God, I'm, I'm going to have to tell them. So I rung them like, no, I, I think I emailed them and I was like, hi guys, um, just to let you know, so my mum's just died. So <laughs> this is, okay. I've, I've always been blunt and I just think to myself now, I'm like, Christ. Imagine being on the receiving <laughs> end of that email. <laughs> so like, I, I was like, my mum's just died. I'm really, really sorry, but I'm going to have some miss a day of training in Hanley and come home for my mum's funeral. <laughs> I bet they were like, What? <laughs> So uh, just a day, literally. So they rung me straight away. Bless them. Their names were Ronnie and Natalie, and I like them and the rest of the Pandora girls were like family that year. I couldn't have been more grateful. Um, but they rung me and they were like, "You can't. Um, you know, you don't have to come to training at all, right? Like it'll be fine." And I was just like, "No, it's fine. I've committed to it. I'm going to come, but I am just going to have to go home for a day for my mum's funeral." And now I think they must have just been like, like they were my age ish when that happened, and they must have been like, and "Oh remind my us god, how old you were again?" So I was twenty, so they were, must have been about twenty six. Because immediately they will have been putting themselves in your situation, going, "She can't possibly do this." Because yeah. when you aren't the person who's just lost someone, you're almost more horrified by what's yeah. happened, aren't you? Weirdly, yeah. yeah. So did you actually do the training? Oh my god, yeah. So that, the aftermath of grief for me, it was kind of. <laughs> It was like kind of torturous. So when I when I think about it, the one thing that comes to mind for me is being in. We were in Birmingham, I think, for a week or a few days, and then we were in Hanley in a store. And it was when we were in Birmingham, and I was in. I had to share a room with a girl that I'd never met before, and there were four of us there, and they'd all gone down for a drink one night, and they were they were kind of out most evenings, and I stayed in. And the one thing that comes to my mind is being on the phone to my mum's mum lying there this overwhelming sense of just loneliness and unbelievable loss and just crying down the phone like not saying anything just crying like and I look back and I'm like oh my god like that is awful and I would suggest to anybody now that's that has recently lost somebody if you were in that position where you were kind of high functioning afterwards or you or you kind of pushed yourself straight into your life straight away to try and take an opportunity to step back because looking back I do kind of wish that I had taken a little bit more time but at the same time that training helped me forge friendships and relationships that really benefited me for that year as well when I needed it the most so it's kind of swings and roundabouts. It is and I think in that moment almost you probably feel like you're thinking more rationally than you actually yeah. are and then that's why the moments hit you and they wallop you don't they mm. i bet you look back and think i want to wrap my arms around that girl oh who's my god sobbing. absolutely absolutely but i think one of the reasons why i was so determined to go was because one of the last things that my mum said to me before she kind of went like all like comatose was um I was going out to get some kind of working attire my brother was going to take me to next and my, I, I told my mum that I was going to go for some clothes shopping and she was like, next, next will always be the best place for work clothes. Mum's got good taste. <laughs> I'll tell you what, yeah. when I was 20, I couldn't afford to shop at next. I know, well, my brother paid, God oh, bless him. Um, and yeah, like that was one of the last things she said to me. And I think because she knew that I was going on this training, I was like, she would really want me to go. So 
I went. Do you still shop at Next now and think of her? Yeah, every time go. I go in. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Bless her. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because in that moment, like you say, you, you were thinking, I remember, you know, I told mum and I'd do this. Mm. And I think, I don't know, but I think that's a pretty universal thing that when someone that you've lost has told you to go and do something, you do do it. For, you think I'm doing this for them. I'm being strong and I'm going yeah. and doing this for them. Yeah. And it gives you a bit of fire in your belly. But those moments, like you said there, where everything just comes crashing in mm. and the stark reality of the, the loss of your loved one hits you is inevitable because you mm. cannot just trunder on it. through no. it all, can you? What was it like for you after your mum died? Because obviously you were 18. Had you, you hadn't even done your A-levels yet, had you? I hadn't done my A-levels. So um, I've never been able to revise, right? I've always <laughs> been one of these people. And I vividly remember mum had had the garden done the summer before she died. And I vividly remember, um, like, going down. I did psychology, A-level a psychology, and I went down with a stack of papers and went, Mum, I've got until about 8 a.m. tomorrow morning to learn this. I'll say me. Uh, I, but it just these, the best way, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to have a good time. Short-term memory as well. Exactly that, exactly that. So, um, and I hadn't sat my A-levels at this point. So, Mum died, and it was literally then I was going to sit them. Mm. So, we got hauled into the um, president or whatever they're called at college, her office. Oh, yeah. Don't even remember a word that was said. I just remember me and my brother sitting there because we'd been told we have to go up and speak to her because our mum had died. Um, and yeah, I think the thing that I remember is like, I remember vividly her last, her last time I heard her speak, right? We were all around as a family and me, my two brothers, my nana and granddad and my mum's partner. And I remember I used to frequent the hospital shop quite a lot for food. <laughs> and my brothers were winding me up about the fact that I wanted to go get some chocolate. And my mum said... Of you, why have you already had some? I said, no, I've not had any. And she went, well, you go and get yourself some. <laughs> That's the mantra I live by. Absolutely. If you've, if you've not had any, go and get yourself some chocolate. <laughs> and I vividly remember her saying it. Mm. And then I remember she had her headphones on and you know, the hospital TVs. Yeah. And she was watching Coronation Street in the final moment that I walked away. Love you, mum. See you later. was the oh. final moment. Her sat there, you know, one of her favourite things was Corrie yeah. at half seven. And... And um, yeah, the next time I saw her, obviously, I remember I didn't cry. Um, I was always like the overly emotional one, like, oh, no. Mm. So I remember I didn't cry and I walked outside of the hospital, looked down and saw my brother outside. He couldn't even be around my oh, mum. He yeah. couldn't bring himself to watch that happen, really. So he was on the phone um, outside in the hospital car park. We went home and I remember waking up and my dad just being sat there looking at me. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> what are you doing there, Dad? Mm. And he just wanted to be there for me. Aww. And I remember him saying, do you want me to tell anybody? And I said, no, I'm, I, I don't want anyone to know. I'm not ready. Mm. And as the day went on, I remember thinking, people are already going to know. Like mm. People are going to find out. And a girl that I was friends with, um, but not that close with, rang me and said, Emma, I've just been told your mum's died. I said, yeah, she has. And she went, no, she hasn't. I said... No, I mean, I can, I can confirm. <laughs> definitely died. I watched her do it in front of me. Jesus Christ. And she said, but you're not crying or anything. Oh my God. And I was like, this is not helpful. <laughs> but I obviously didn't have the heart to say, piss off. Yeah. So I was like, no, yeah, sorry. I'm not, I'm struggling to Sorry, cry. I'm not behaving yeah. towards yeah, this. Yeah. Like, like you want me to. I'll try my best. <laughs> and then my best friends all were like, right, like 
rang, rang, rang me. They were there yeah. for me. And we went to the Woodpecker, the local pub. That Did night, you that day? Oh, that wow. night. And I just remember this weird thing happening where like one by one, like I'm stood in the pub. I was already worried about being oh, the weirdo God, with the dead mum. Like, skin crawl. Yeah. yeah. People one by one walking over and hugging me. And I just oh, remember being like, God. I do not want to be this person. Like I'd give anything to walk out of this pub now, but it would look weird mm. if I all of a sudden walked out. And I felt very much like how you've described really, I just want to plod on. I just want to plod on. I just want mm-hmm. to keep doing it. And then sat my exams. I got an A in my psychology exam. Jeez. I don't know how. I don't know. About, I have impressive. no idea how. But I think it was that kind of thing of must just do this, must just do this. And then yeah. me and my twin brother both went to uni very shortly afterwards yeah. as well. And similar thing to you. I remember just, you know, immersing myself in it a lot because you had to, but also having moments of complete and utter loneliness where I'd have dreamt about mum the night before, heard a voice and then be breaking my heart because I wanted it to be the other way around. I wanted the dream to be the real bit and I'd rather have dreamt that she died. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And I think in those moments, because when you're young, because not that many people have experienced the loss of a parent, they don't really know how to deal with it, do they? No, no, not at all. And kind of going back to what it was like when they just died, how weird was that transition when you were kind of telling people for the first time? And did you ever compose like a Facebook status? I can't remember. I cannot remember because it's so, such a blur yeah. to me now. Yeah. And also because mum was a teacher at the local school. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. Mm. It just spread, Mrs. Jones has died. Mrs. Jones had died. And before mm. you know it, there's like a bench erected in, which was lovely in the courtyard at the school and everything. And everyone knew. So there wasn't even the thing where I had to tell people. It mm. was, you know, when I went to uni, of course. Yeah, but different. locally, people just knew. And that was one of the, actually one of the hardest bits because then it's not optional. It's like, not your story then, is it? Exactly. And also people don't know what to say. So there's this, I, I just don't like weirdness. I want everyone <laughs> to feel comfortable around me. So yeah. the, knowing how uncomfortable those people felt, like, you know, the way people would look at you and you're thinking. Mm. The worst though is when people just didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, oh. like, and, and you're just like, we both know what you're thinking. You want to say, are you all right after your mum died? Mm. Just say it, just say it. Do you know what I mean? Because, and I think that's where dark humour comes from. Absolutely. It's born out of the awkwardness of those situations, isn't it? You're like, yeah. do you know what? You're not going to say it, I will. Yeah, yes, absolutely. died, <laughs> yeah. everyone. Well, so I met, I put a thing out on the Dead Parent Club Instagram last night saying, you know, what are some of the things that you were shocked about or that happened to you after your loved one died? And somebody responded to me and said, their mum's neighbours, who their mum was very, very close to, like, have has not spoken to their child, to this person now, for three months since she died. They have not acknowledged it. Like, they just what? completely ignore them. And I was just like, that is such a prime example of how people are so uncomfortable talking about death, they would rather just completely ignore the fact that it actually even happened. I... That blows my mind because, like, the the thing is, in the words of Grandad K, my mum's dad, um, this is what he said to me today, the only thing we're guaranteed in life is death. Mm. So why are we not, why are people so crippled by the idea mm. of talking about it? And do they not realise, like, with the greatest respect, look outside of yourself. Think about how that might make the person who's grieving feel. Yeah. It's not all about you. It's yeah. about how they, how they might <laughs> exactly, feel. Exactly, exactly. Do you know, the worst thing I remember was getting upset to, I won't mention any names here, yeah. but I got upset to somebody who I wouldn't call them my friend, but I got upset to it. And she, her words were, well, at least you've got your nana. 
great. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I'm going to walk away from this conversation yeah. now full of gratitude that my mum died. <laughs> thank you. I was like, oh my God, I didn't think of that. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Nana, oh. I've got you. Everything's fine. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't, it doesn't soften the blow. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. There's no, that nothing good comes after the words, at least. At least, after yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing ever. Like, at least you've got your dog. Thanks yeah. fucking lots, hon. <laughs> doesn't help. I mean, what? I've lost the woman that gave birth to me, <laughs> but at least I've got my animal. Thank you. Do you know, it's insane. And do you know what? Maybe they don't know what to say. Mm. So, you might be listening to this right now as, as somebody who whose friend has lost a loved one or a partner or someone that you know, an acquaintance, and you maybe don't know how to deal with it. Just please don't say, at least you've still got. Yep. <laughs> that is like, can we put a Golden big rule. cross next to that? Because that is a no-go. And also, if you don't know what to say, it's okay to say you don't know what to say. And honestly, sometimes when you're grieving as well, Actions can speak a lot louder than words. And, you know, one thing that I would really suggest to anybody listening now whose friend has just lost somebody close to them is mark the date in your diary, in your calendar, on your phone. absolutely. So that every year, just getting a message and saying, oh, I'm thinking about you Mm -hmm. today or this week, like that will speak volumes because it just shows that the people around you aren't forgetting about this huge freaking thing that happened to you in your life. Yeah, that's so true. And that is the thing that... um, if you can do it long term, just mm. mark, you know, because that's the thing. To recur that, every year. Exactly. Seconds. 12 years on, I remember the people that send me those messages. Yeah. It means the world to me because you naturally reflect on it on the anniversary of that date. Of course you do. Mm. So be that person that shows up and goes, I- I'm just letting you know I'm thinking about you. It's mm. one text. It's a few seconds out of your time and it makes such a difference. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Did anyone say or has anyone said anything unintentionally insensitive to you? God, it's quite hard now, to be honest, actually thinking back and looking at that. And I don't think anybody has ever fully said to me anything that I've particularly taken offence to but I do think I'm much more sensitive now to the people around me talking about their parents whether that's in a negative way so kind of complaining about their parent or kind of talking about something that I no longer get to have so like kind of oh it's hard it's hard to talk about because people your best friends are going to do this but like you know talking about all the things they do with their parent and 
and I'm I love it I'm so happy for them but I think with grief comes jealousy and I think that's okay I think jealousy is a, a thing that a lot of us struggle to deal with deal with and I think it gets a little bit easier over time yeah um but I don't, I don't know I just kind of want to use this opportunity to say that if one of the things that you are struggling with the most after losing somebody is being jealous of the people around you that's okay. Yeah. You're like, normal. Don't feel bad for it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember even the other day, um, I have to go to London of a weekend to work and I'm on the train and the train is so quiet. Mm. And a girl got on at the platform. Um, she was probably about 18, 19. And she was looking out of the window. So I looked and there was a woman who was obviously Aww. her mum stood there going, I love you. Bye-bye. I love you. Aww. And she stood at the platform waving. And I had this overwhelming feeling of, and I think this is normal too, absolute warmth of going, oh my God, like how amazing that you have mm. that. You have that. Like, and I almost wanted to get up and go to- You the, are blessed. Yeah. You are blessed. Cherish this. Like <laughs> cherish this. I wish so badly yeah. my mum was waving me off at the platform. And yeah. even, and you're absolutely right, Kat, about, about the jealousy thing. I, I think people deal with things in different ways. I know, I know like- I always used to say to mum and Nana, I can't wait to be a grown up and take you two for coffee mm. together. And I am gutted that I'll never get that opportunity. Yeah. Gutted. But honestly, I do love it when I see people, when I see mothers and daughters cherishing each other and, you know, or any bond, that yeah. female bond, because that's what I've lost. I absolutely love it. I, and I think Kat's absolutely right. Jealousy is natural because mm. it's something you haven't got that you're seeing other people have. But sometimes I think you can also find a place of real comfort in those interactions yeah. because that's exactly what we'd be doing if they were here. We would be cuddling yeah. them, loving them, God, you know, waving know them off. It's just like... You know something that happened to me on the way here today? Just an example of how, no matter how long it's been, you still kind of have those like weird moments. But I'd just set off and obviously it takes about an hour to get here. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder if there's anybody that I could call just to have a little bit of a chat. And for that a split second, my the idea of calling my mum went through my mind. Oh. And I was just sat there driving and I actually started, I'm so weird with stuff like this, but I actually started going through the conversation that I might have with her in my head. That's the kind of thing that shows that she's there, she's still with yeah, you. Yeah, you know about just like things that are going on in your, in your life. And yeah. I always kind of use it as an opportunity to tell her that I love her and when and on the way here as well because it was it was dusk and then out of the blue it was on the motorway I know this would happen anyway at any time because that's just the time of night that it was but I was driving down the motorway and just one by one all the street lamps started lighting up and like the motorway just like shone and I and in my head I was like because I'm coming here to do this and to talk about her it was such a lovely moment to be like oh like she's she's watching like I'm gonna she's take there. that as a sign yeah. like all this like lovely bright lights yeah it, and, and though, that yeah. brings you such comfort it does it? it does like for those for those few moments I wasn't sad that she was dead but I felt instead I felt com like comfort that she was still there yeah even the fact that you can have a conversation with her and you can almost know what she'd say mm. is a source of comfort in itself isn't it mm. you know I visited Nana today and I just didn't feel like she's dead even. Obviously, yeah. you know, for anyone listening, like my Nana is like a mother to me. Like she, from when I was very young, has always been a huge part of my world. I cannot ever express the love I have for that woman. And obviously from the age of 18 to 30, she was the only female I've had in my life. Yeah, absolutely. So all that did was, you know, cement an already amazing relationship 
And exactly like you said, like I, I can hear her voice. I can hear what she'd say. I can hear, I can talk to her in the way I would talk to her. I can remember how I would say goodbye. You know, all the little fun things that we used to do. I can hear her laugh. And those kind of things are amazing long-term, mm. aren't they? They, But I think even that, you know, initially, that don't know about you, but that almost goes initially, I think. I don't remember ever yeah. remembering mum's voice or anything early yeah. stages. Did you? I have to try really hard. And I'm actually, I am really blessed that I've got voicemails from my mum. I love um, that. One of them is her singing happy birthday to me. I didn't pick up the phone once. So now every year on my birthday, I lie in bed in the morning and I play the voicemail over and over. Oh, it's, and it's so emotional, isn't it? Um, but I think, you know, it is... Once somebody's died, it's like what we were talking about last week where you focus, you end up focusing a lot on what it was like when they were ill. And you it's really hard to remember the little things, like what their laugh sounded like and what it felt to hold the hand and have like a cuddle and stuff. And I think even now I have to regularly remind myself, I like close my eyes and try and imagine what that used to feel like when I was younger. And I think it's so powerful when you're able to do that. And obviously there are a lot of people that lost parents when they were they were really young and then they don't have that that luxury to remember that. Um, but I think just kind of finding out more about your parent after they've died and having the opportunity to learn more about them and imagine how they would act and be with you is, is really special. It really is. And you can do that. You know, you meet people along the way even, don't you, that have different stories and anecdotes of your parents mm. that you didn't know. Yeah. Do you look back on the immediate aftermath after your mum died and do you look back and go, I changed in those days? who I was changed yeah you know what it's so weird like at 20 years old everybody else around you is out partying having a great time like no cares in the world really and I was sat one evening a few days after my mum died compiling a Facebook post to put on her profile telling people that she was dead and planning her funeral and it's like it's just not some like it's not something that people have experienced it's not something I can talk to my friends about because they don't know what it's like to plan a funeral and to pick out somebody's casket and to pick out the clothes that they're going to wear and the songs that you're going to sing and to have like a priest in your house and it's so somber and I think being forced to be in those positions and kind of you have to just kind of you get forced to navigate life on your own again like my mum was my rock I know people that have lost their dads and they are their absolute rocks and you you know parent kind of dynamics are very different and I know that me and my dad didn't have the same dynamic that me and my mum had and suddenly you're forced to navigate these new relationships that you have to build with your surviving parent or your surviving siblings and the people around you whilst also trying to figure out what the hell life looks like now without this person in your life. And I definitely think, you know, even the two weeks before she died, I was out partying and having a great time. And you grow up so much. But one of the biggest things I think that I have learned that I feel unbelievably grateful for is that it's given me the opportunity to get to know myself a lot better. And I don't think I would have had that opportunity before because I was so low and because I miss this person so much I had to relearn what makes me happy yeah you have to find other ways of having purpose in life mm. and look you really you're so right Kat you look within yourself and you don't even realize you're doing it you yeah. just have no option and in the same way that you said you know all your friends were at partying and you mm. were you know planning a funeral having the priest round 
um, I went to the Trafford Centre with my dad to pick a dress to wear for mum's funeral. Yeah. All my friends are picking dresses to wear for their next night out. Yeah. And I'm going, does this look okay? Can I get up and read the poem for mum like this? Like, would she approve of it? And even these conversations that you have to have in your own mind, the whole time you're forced to grow up, but you mm. don't, you really don't realise that you are transitioning from a dependent to a, an independent person really, yeah. really quickly, far more prematurely really than our brains are wired to because it's an overnight thing in many ways, isn't it? Because even yeah. when you know they're going to die, you aren't met with the reality. No one goes, right, so what's going to happen now is oh, your yeah. parent's going to die, then you're going to have to organise, you're going to have to, like you said, pick a casket, right? You're going to have to speak to the vicar or the priest or whoever, arrange a funeral. Then you're going to have to work out bills, things with the house oh, and all this kind of stuff. Do you ever have any phone calls? Oh my God, one of the things I always remember people calling the house yeah. and being like hi can I switch to Joanne Hooker yeah. and I actually my times I said no sorry she's dead it's yeah. so weird I, I had um, I've told very few people this but um, so my mum and dad split up when I was seven mm. you know a short while after that my mum had a partner who was lovely, a lovely lovely man mm. but they went their separate ways mm. and didn't see him for years and years and years I was home alone after mum had died one day the phone rang and um, I picked it up and he went, hiya, Jane. Mm. And I said, I'm so sorry you've not been told. He said, what? I said, mum's died. And he wow. broke his heart on the phone. He mm. broke his heart. Um, and we met up. We met up and I, and I took him to the grave and he was Aww. heartbroken. Um, but obviously my voice sounded just like my mum's. So clearly she had as deep tones as I did. <laughs> um, and it's... Those kinds of conversations where, and, and the people thinking, you know, the letters that come through the door, people thinking they're still alive. Mm. Um, like you said, go do, on. Do you know what I got? A lot of people, I know a lot of people listening will have, will have had this as well. Last year, NHS had uh, made a mistake with their uh, kind of files, Excel sheets or whatever. And thousands of people across the UK got letters that signed to their dead loved ones telling them, oh. telling them to oh. self-isolate because they're vulnerable. <laughs> and I was like, it's like, dear Joanne Hooker, because you have like stage four lung cancer, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you self-isolate at the moment. And I was just like, wow. Like they issued an apology, but I was like, what an absolute colossal mess up because that must have been. what a huge trigger that mm -hmm. would have been for people because, yeah. you know, we don't know how long people had lost their loved ones. Yeah. For you, it had been, you know, Next a few years. Yeah. yeah. And, but what, was that a trigger for you? For me, not, I was more... I, I was the same as you. I felt for the people that that will have been a huge trigger for. You know, if it's been less than a year and you receive that, you're like, thanks for reminding me that they're not even here to be worried about right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, great. It just it just brings the whole thing back mm. to you, doesn't it? Um, so I guess, really, we've said big fat no against um, at least. Well, <laughs> at least you've got. Um, and also to say, oh, I don't know what to say mm -hmm. is better than saying nothing. Is there anything else that you think would have helped you or did help you in that immediate aftermath, Kat? So I think having friends that understood what I was feeling was really useful because one of my best friends, dad had died the year before. And I think that is what is so useful about this community is that, you know, if you if you don't have, I'm going to say lucky, you can't see me now, but I'm putting kind of hyphens around it. <laughs> if you are lucky enough to have friends that have also lost a parent. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> there's something you didn't yeah. need to be saying. <laughs> um, hashtag grateful. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, then you will, you know, having this 
even though like this podcast or just the Instagram community and stuff and just seeing that you aren't alone in the kind of weird things that you feel is really useful. And I think that was one of the most like useful things for me after I'd lost my mum. What about you? Um, I think for me, one thing that to this day I ask anybody to do when they're talking to me is if I say I'm feeling really, really down about mm-hmm. the fact I've not got mum mm-hmm. is to go, yeah, do you know what? It's rubbish. Yeah. It's shit. Please don't go. Oh. I know, but think of the good times and think of this. And just agree with me that it's shit. Validate that, your so, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Just let me know that I'm, it's okay for me to think that it's shit, that yeah. I've got a dead mum. Like, and I know that people do it with the very best intentions. Mm-hmm. I know that. But sometimes, sometimes it gives me a kick up the backside when someone agrees with me because then mm-hmm. I go... They think it's shit too. So maybe I need to like tell them why everything's going to be okay. Does that make (laughs) sense? It then gives me the the boost to go, no, everything will be fine though. I know I'll be all right. So please, if someone says I'm feeling shit or I think this is shit, it's their shit. Sorry for swearing so much, but just agree with them. <laughs> agree with them and let them have that moment of being yeah. feeling bad about it. Yeah. Um, Again, as a griever, it's about finding those people that allow you to feel those yes. emotions and don't say at least, or, you know, just think about the good times. Like, Find your people that let you talk about it freely, openly, without any judgment, because they will be the most valuable people in your life. Yeah, and exactly that. Don't be around people who make you feel like you have to apologize for being open about your grief. Mm. That's so important. Yeah. You are, you've every right to grieve, you've every right to talk about it, and you've every right to feel comfortable in doing so. One of my good friends, Sam Vidler, said... um, Legend. Yeah, absolute great gal. If you would tell this story to your friends when your parent was alive, then there is no reason why you cannot tell this story now just because they're dead. She's a hero, Sam Biddler. Yes, that is so true. Speak of them, speak of them. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, thank you so much for listening um, to us gab on. Um, We'll be back next week. So we'll be here, hopefully, hopefully to help you again on the Dead Parent Club podcast next week. Don't forget that it's not just about us, but it's also about you and your own grieving journey. Yeah, we're all in the same boat here. So get in touch with us if there's something you want to talk to uh, to us about or you can just drop us a message. Don't forget you can email us at hello at deadparentclub.co.uk or find us on Instagram at deadparentclubpodcast and we're on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely week, everybody. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.